This podcast is sponsored by Apex Tracks. For all your 3D printed track wall art needs, head to apextracks.com. That's A-P-E-X-T-R-A-X-S dot com. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. I'm Reese. I'm joined tonight by Chris and Dan. So in this episode, we are going to be reviewing McLaren's 2021 season. But before that. The news. First of all. The FIA have elected a new president, Mohammed Ben Salayem, who I believe I've pronounced that right. But we for the practiced it enough, it's well, I've practiced enough. it a few times. The uh, the hope is that I pronounced that correct. What, what are we going to call him? Ben. Ben. He's just Ben. We're going to call him Ben. We're going to call him Ben because whilst we understand that's not his name, it's going to be easier, and we don't want to mispronounce anything. Exactly. We confused. don't offend anyone if we call him Ben. So. Ben is now in charge. Hopefully, it's the first in a long line of changes that are required at the top level of motorsport to get things back on track, clearer, and to avoid certain events being repeated. But we don't want to go into that too much because otherwise we'll be here all night talking about what happened in Abu Dhabi again. Um, So the other news was F1 testing, postseason testing, young driver tests with some well no it was just test it was just end of season testing wasn't it you had a mix we had um there was, each team had two cars you had the uh, race car that was run in Abu Dhabi and then you had a mule car which was running the new tires with uh, the new wheels and a version of the brake package that they're going to be using next year, which was uh, bigger wheel drums, um, tire drums, whatever you want to call those cake tins that go on, and then a version of the braking system that they're going to be using for next season. Yeah, so the, the notable the noticeable thing on the mule cars was the new sort of wheel covers. What were your actual thoughts on the wheel covers? I prefer the wheels looking basic as they do, um, like the F2 run. McLaren ran an interesting, an interesting one for a lap or two. That the rear ones, the rear covers lit up, and they could put writing on it. So they done I think two laps running with F1 being written on the the back wheels. I thought that was quite clever. And about time we did something technologically advanced because we're lacking at the minute. How is that technology? Like, how is that an advancement? But in coloured, you make LEDs? something spin at two hundred mile an hour and still say F one. Yeah, but what's next? I, I, what are we going to have Lewis Hamilton putting cards in his wheels so it makes the spoky sound that they used to do on the bike? It's, let's not I, make, I let's not let's not talk about Lewis. Right, things are raw. But Things are raw. Let's, um, let's move on. Let's move on. 
yeah, we're going to talk about a name we can all agree on, and one that gets us excited, and that's Pato O'Ward, who Woo! was testing a Formula One car properly for the first time. Do you think we'll see Pato in Formula One in the future? I think so. I think he's got the talent. He's got the ability, obviously, driving the Indy car. Um, I don't think this the the differences are too much, and I think he'd be a great addition to F one. It was interesting to see that he loved it. He his excitement levels um, when he was getting dressed for it were through the roof. He was shaking. He absolutely loved driving the car, but he did say that by lunchtime his neck had gone. And that they'd had to put padding into the car for him to run after lunch. Um, but over the whole day, he ran two race race lengths um, and had got a time that was within a couple of tenths of the pull time for the for the Abu Dhabi race. Not bad. Which was Not quite bad. impressive. Of course, different track conditions and things like that help, but. I find it really interesting that they run IndyCar ovals at 200 mile an hour and his neck is struggling in a Formula 1 car. I guess it's a lot different to the G-forces of an oval though. Yeah. But even a track, you know, look at some of the tracks they run. You know, you would expect that there'd be some G-force in that, but... It's not yeah, but it might not even be just one. a G-force. It might, it might just be the seating position of the car that he's in. You know, so obviously, it's not designed for him like his car is, is it? It's just, you know, as yeah, close as you can get. How many, times do you, how many times do you hear a driver complaining about their neck going whenever they are not used to driving an F1 car? A lot. It's a common complaint. I think even the F1 drivers, I mean, you see it on the more demanding tracks. You see them resting their head to one side of the yeah. car. Especially when we're going, when we go back to a uh, place like Singapore, you'll see a lot of head resting. It was quite noticeable whenever he was sat beside Blando. The size of the necks. Neck size, yeah. It, 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 it was like Blando was twice the size of him. <laughs> yeah. Lando's not big, so... Um... Neither's Paro. Neither's Paro. Well, yeah, exactly. With his excitement level, I would hope to see him in an F1 paddock. Running the car in a couple of years' time. Mm, hope, hopefully, uh, something that this new FIA leadership can bring in is a revision to this whole license points requiring like because Pato Award driving an IndyCar wouldn't achieve the points required to race in Formula 1 and he has no interest in entering a, a feeder series it's a joke. so hopefully one of the overhauls they can do is looking at this point system because the IndyCar drivers a lot of them are talented and as long as and they're good in wheel to wheel open wheel racing it's same sort of thing why can't they be gaining points together I think it's a disrespectful rule because our guys can jump across and drive in the car without a drama, but their IndyCar drivers can't come over here and drive Formula One because they haven't got the points. It's not right. Yeah, there. I think there has to be some sort of revision on like the transfer of points, maybe or something similar. Where after, say, two seasons in IndyCar, you you are eligible for F one, maybe. I think performance-based as well, though. I mean, you don't want some of the drivers in IndyCar coming over. They're clearly not good enough. But then you have guys, of course, like Pato Award, who are good enough. And hopefully we do get to see them in Formula 1 because it is the top of motorsport. Yeah, but but then you've got the likes of um, Buddy Mazaspin. He shouldn't be in F1. 
but he's allowed to be in F1. He got the license points through the junior series, so he's he's allowed to be in F1. And we'll see how good a, we'll see how good a F1 driver he is next season. We couldn't judge it this season because he was in a crap car. Yeah. One other interesting thing from testing, well, not so much interesting, but a silver lining on a long season was for Haas. They had the fastest time in one of the tests, and it's not often you see a Haas topping a timesheet. It's not often you see a Haas do anything. Not this season. Hopefully next season they'll give Schumacher and of course Mazepin a better car. Well, I'm just hoping that it's just going to be more equal that it's going to be driver ability and not the money of the pockets of the manufacturer i'm just hoping for better racing anyway anyway we're not here to talk about Haas. uh we're here to talk about mclaren tonight uh some key stats of course to before we get into it the uh the head-to-head in the championship at the end of the year norris finishing sixth ricardo in eighth norris on 160 points 45 points ahead of ricardo head-to-head in the races Norris, 15 races to 7 for Ricardo. Of course, Ricardo had the one win, whilst Norris had four podiums. Ricardo's only podium was the win. Uh, head-to-head in qualifying, Norris, 14 to 8. And, of course, Norris had the one pole. So, they were the only team this season to get a 1-2. Chris, do you want to start with your thoughts on McLaren's season? Do you want to start with your thoughts on Norris's season, in particular? I think this was a real coming-of-age season for Lando, particularly the first half of the season where he seemed to be at his strongest. And the overshadow, someone like Danny Rick, in the same car, is impressive. He was one of my drivers of the year this year. The, 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 there's a, lot, a hell of a lot of superlatives that you could put out there. It's hard to, to narrow them down. He had a disappointing end of the season. and you know, There was definitely a downturn in the car, uh, although he had that good qualifying in the very last race. And in Qatar, the the car just wasn't that fast at the end of the season. Um, I just hope that means that they they've turned away and and have put some time into the next year's car. Yeah, um, I think if you're going to be critical of Norris, considering he had such an exceptional season, I mean he started off fantastically in the four podiums throughout the season, sort of show the quality he had. I felt that the downturn in his performances sort of coincided with losing that maiden victory in Russia. Um, I don't think he really bounced back from that. He he had a couple of good races here or there, but nothing that was as spectacular as it was in early and mid-season. I think Norris as a whole had a fantastic year, but if you're going to be critical, I I think he needs to work on that mental strength because he just didn't seem like the same driver ever since he lost that win. I think he dealt with losing the win very well. He's um, in the paddock. In front of the cameras, at least. Yeah, in the paddock. Very, you know, he, you could see he was disappointed, but he wasn't throwing his teddy out the prom. I I think he had a great season. I think he's done very well. He's uh, finished sixth, which is really good. He's had four podiums. Uh, as like Chris says, like obviously going against Danny Rick, I, I expected Danny Rick to be a bit quicker on the uptake, but I think his performance is based on the fact that Landis had more time in the car. But I think, on a whole, this season shows for McLaren their progression and what they said. You know, they're giving themselves five years to come back, to build the team, to build the infrastructure to get ready. And since 2018 to now, they've scored over 210 more points per, like, at 
this point than what they did in 2018. So I think their progression is way on track of where they need to be. And to have anyone other than Mercedes and Red Bull and Ferrari up there, I think you cannot argue at the the amount of effort and work that they both put into the to the team this year. Yeah, I think that's a fair point to make. I think there's definitely clear signs of the plan that they've put into place. Um, but while you were, of course, mentioning Ricardo and how he's performed well to Norris and Norris, some of that being down to the fact that he's had a lot more time in the car, um, Ricardo's season was one of extreme ups and downs, in my opinion. There were a lot of poor qualifying performances, a lot of poor races. But then there was, of course, the absolute highlight of winning a race. I mean, it's the first McLaren, first McLaren win in since 2012. Since Lewis, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. When Lewis left is when it all went downhill. So, in a way. I mean, it went even more extremely downhill when Honda got involved for their first run at an F1 engine. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very weird situation. With the GP2 engine. <laughs> I don't shocking. think it was even a GP2 engine. <laughs> and the shocking cutting sort of criticism for Fernando Alonso. You think how far they've come now. I think going back to Mercedes at power has definitely been a revelation for McLaren. Um, of course, this was their first season with Mercedes power. And they spent most of their upgrade tokens of as you like to call them on making the car ready to take this engine you look at the results that they had in the last bunch of races you know gone from sort of 30 onwards and that was where that was when they started getting the bad finishes to change the focus probably well, yeah, but I wonder, because we got to that point in the season where Mercedes were starting to switch their engines. I wonder, would they were they turning their engines down at that point for reliability? Potentially. I mean, when you're in the midfield, it hurts you a lot more to take these penalties than when you're in a, a super speed, yeah. super speedy top two car. Um, shall we talk about Ricardo? Danny Rick. Danny Rick was just, was just disappointing. Um, I, I know what you're saying. You could compare him to Lando, and say Lando's had more seat time in that car. But Danny Rick has changed teams before, and he's come in and he's got on with it. Um, Carlos Sainz went to Ferrari and and beat Leclerc this season. Beat Leclerc, beat Norris. He was fifth place in the championship. Yeah, yeah, and that's his first year in the seat in the car. So. Can we really use that as an excuse for poor performances? The win was luck. It wasn't just luck. Um, I hate to say it, but it was, there was an element of luck. But I think there was also team orders that prevented Lando from going for it. I, I, I don't think, I mean, given how modern F1 is or in last season's regulations, I don't think it was ever viable for them to pass. I mean, they had the, uh, they had the Mercedes engine, which was the best at the time. Um, and that gave them the straight line speed to keep in front of Verstappen, to keep in front of Hamilton. And even when those two, of course, went out, they still had to go through the whole restart phase of keeping everyone behind and staying with everyone. And I thought the, the I don't think there was anything lucky about that. Mon, mon, um, it was a Pierre Gasly type situation. I, it wasn't Pierre Gasly type. 
it was i mean he got in front from the start he led from the off there was no switching tires under red flags to gain and boost your position mm-hmm. there was purely a just good race pace and doing what had to be done to make it impossible for your your opposition to get past you and i think that was a win that was completely on merit and i think the only shame was that they didn't build on that of course they had the chance in russia in before the shit show everything fell apart dramatically um but yeah i i think ricardo's season was one just like i say it's just extreme highs extreme lows like i expected more the same as what most people did like oh yes danny Danny Rick's going to McLaren, he's going to be with Lando. This is the start of a new like friendship for them both, and it's going to be an absolutely banging season. It just and it just wasn't that. And you know, you you listen back to our previous podcasts, mid season, start of the season. I was convinced that when Danny Rick got more seat time, he was going to start matching or beating Lando. But it just never it, it never transpired from uh from the average season that he had at like the start, the middle and the end. Obviously, you know, yeah, you know, we we, we spoke about the win and I think he drove his ass off to keep to keep them cars back. That was talent. That wasn't luck. That was him and his car for once this season being on the same page. And I just hope that they can give him a car and that he can drive the car they give him in twenty twenty two. Because they should have been in fifth and sixth together, you know, maybe even fourth, pushing for some of them uh, other podiums, for some of them other points from the second drivers, which which they weren't getting. Um, yeah, I, I think there should have been a bit bit more of McLaren up in that top top five, top six. But yeah, they should have been the third place team. Yeah, but in my opinion, it's a shame that they they drifted drifted away and, and lost that to Ferrari. Yeah, I think Ferrari deserved it. Though. You can't take that away from Ferrari. They were phenomenal in those final five races of the season. Yeah, see, but for me, that just shows that they found something as well. Like they figured something out. Okay, yeah, albeit too late. But like, are they gonna be coming into the twenty twenty two season off the back of this, thinking like you know? Yeah, you know, we've got something now. Um, or are they just going to be thinking, oh, shit, we got lucky in 2021. What would 2022 bring? Well, yeah, um, I think that's a good point. I think we'll wrap up this review section of our show um, before moving on to a quick preview of next season for McLaren. With Chris, I'll start with you. What was your absolute highlight of the McLaren season? It had to be the win. Um, we waited so long for a McLaren to win. And to get a one-two at the same time, it, it's it was just it was one of those days that brought tears to your eyes, and um, I don't think we could have asked for for more. But and the nature of getting it in a one-two as well was something quite spectacular. Dan, your yeah. your highlight of the McLaren season, a different highlight. No, I've got, I've got to go with the same, but like, uh, like. Like I said before, I think for me, the win showed their progression, showed their ability to get a race win and showed how far they'd come along in their car and them gelling as a team and all that sort of stuff. And it filled me with hope 
for the future for what was a great British team. So I'm really hoping that they carry it forward. I'd just say that as well, um, the one big thing I picked up on on, the McLaren, on their 1-2 on their was Lando's maturity level. He reacted with that team as if he had won the race. I think that shows the you team know, spirit. He was that happy. And yeah, it really does. You could sound happier, Chris. <laughs> it's, it's, it's half past ten on a Sunday night. <laughs> Fair point. My bed is in the next room <laughs> calling me. I can hear it going, Chris, Chris. <laughs> well, I'll qu- you know you want to be in me. Your quilt, the quilt wants you to be under. He's talking about the bed here. This is quite concerning. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I'm going to quickly give my positive, uh, my my high point of the season, which, if I'm picking a different one, has to be Lando's pole lap in Sochi. Storming. And I say, it was McLaren's first pole since Lewis as well, I believe, in 2012. So the fact that they found themselves in these high points throughout the season is is a great thing. Chris, what was your absolute low point of the McLaren season? Um, Lando losing the win in in Sochi. Yeah, um, the desperation of of realizing that he had made the wrong choice on the tires and seeing his reaction after the race, it was it broke my heart. Mm. And so that would be it for me. Right, Dan, your your absolute low point. My absolute low point is that McLaren didn't do something better with them Hawaiian shirts (laughs) maybe they missed I felt like they maybe they missed uh, missed a trick there Um, but because I can't pick the crash so I'm going to go with the fact that we should have more Hawaiian shirts um, and just hopefully just wish for Hawaiian shirts let's hope Ben is listening to this and brings in more Hawaiian shirts Hawaii, Hawaiian Friday. This is what we want. This is all we want. <laughs> what we want from Ben is pretty simple. We want better leadership, clearer stewarding, and more Hawaiian shirts. Um, more Hawaiian shirts. If we're gonna take another, if I can just say one more low point, just for the McLaren season, I think it was Lando's crash in qualifying in Spa. Given how events of the weekend played out after that, I feel he could have been on pole position going into that race and they could have had another win that season easily um yeah that was the second like that was a, another low point for me um but i guess we'll quickly we'll finish this podcast with a quick preview so dan for you what constitutes as a success for mclaren next season staying in the top three or maybe top two I think that's where they. Sh- I think that's where they should be aiming, and I think that's where they belong. Chris, um, yeah, dude, what Dan has made a good point. You know, uh, I'll not say much because I'm leaving it for another podcast. But I believe that a second position in the constructors is is feasible, and I would like to see them capitalize on the win that they've had this season, and maybe get another. Another two or three next season. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think we're all pretty set. In if you can get top three next season, it's success. Top two is brilliant, but definitely wanting to see a couple of wins, especially with these new regulations. You hope that 
things are going to open up for more winners of races and with a bigger calendar it'd be great to see mclaren have at least three wins make it bloody exciting make it very exciting yes ben we need to make sure that mclaren's are up there you know sort the ferraris out sort the renault's alpine thingies out <laughs> and make sure alpine that thingies make sure that mclaren's up there and if you do that ben we're gonna we're gonna support you and vote for you and shit so, yeah, we, we will yeah. find a way to vote for Ben in the next election in four years' time if McLaren uh, <laughs> start winning. So, no pressure. I mean, come but on. But don't you think? Don't you think that supporters should be involved in voting in the new president? After that bullshit from last weekend, hundred yeah. percent. There should be more still raw input into everything. It's raw. It, it should be more about the fans, like, but. I don't want to bring football into it, but Liverpool this this week have announced with Fenway Sports that the supporters um, with Spirit of Shankly are now part of the board, mm. and that they that Liverpool can't make key decisions without talking now to the fans. Yeah, I think that's happening. And more. that is something the FIA could really do with bringing in. Yeah, that's like that's something that I think is mm. is needed, especially. I mean, I mean, Formula One fandom is such a diverse and international situation, but it, there definitely has to be more done to make it feel like the fans have a voice. Because right now, it feels like oh, we show up, we spend thousands of pounds on a on a ticket, we spend hundreds of pounds on memorabilia and team gear which is just ludicrously expensive when you think you compare it to any other sport, how much F1 stuff, even authentic signed stuff, oh. is is ridiculous. Um, I mean, come on, you, you guys, you're, no, si- no, you're signing a like hat. The, hat's, the, the hat the isn't worth, the hat's not worth the 30, 40 quid that you have to pay for it to get it unsigned. So some of them, when you're seeing £200 for a hat, I, it's ridiculous. I don't know. The, hat, the hats from Mercedes are really good quality. It's I draw the line at one hundred and ninety four pound for a rain jacket. Yeah, I, I don't. I, 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 I could buy something way better for the flat. Uh, price. I, I draw the line at literally anything that Alpha Tauri are selling because that's just ridiculous. The price of their stuff. It's probably like five grand for a shoelace. <laughs> the thing with with some of the team wear as well, it's it's all slim fit. It's not designed for bigger people like myself. It doesn't look like that T-shirt is designed for you either, Chris. It's it's not really. This is a three X as well, and it's it doesn't hide anything. Chris looks like a bold I'm, Santa. I'm carrying my Christmas weight. <laughs> what pre-Christmas weight? You, are you bulking up for Christmas, Chris? I'm bulking up for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys. I've... Anyway, this was a McLaren podcast. This is McLaren. <laughs> this is a McLaren podcast. So. Um... So we'll wrap it up there so Chris can get into bed and find a T-shirt that fits properly. Thank you very much for listening. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening, guys. Until next time, Chris, would you like to do the honours or you've been back? See you later, guys. Well, that was maybe cheerio, guys. What's going on?
Granny said a bad word. 